Thank you to our four sponsors for supporting our podcast. Johnny Russell's Art Caterers and Milktown Pies, Alexander Grace Law, Jez and Lisa's Spoonful of Sweets and SPE Furnishings. Links to their websites are available in the show notes and on our website. Don't forget to subscribe to get all the latest episodes as soon as they're released. Can you see everybody stand or not? No, I can just see whoever's speaking. Whoa, Joe, Joe, Joe. Can I have four ice creams, a couple of pizzas, and uh, you sitting back in your corner? Thanks. <laughs> Hang on, oh, this has gone all fits up now. Oh, shit. Everybody's gone. Yeah, same with me. No, Nicky, I'm, Nicky, Nicky, I'm on a tablet. Nick, you know that new computer I got? Yes, you need to be on the tablets. <laughs> no, I'm on a tablet, and I'm trying to work out what do I do to get everybody in it. Uh, you're asking so, wrong, boy. You're asking the wrong. Oh, I'm in. I'm in. Oh, I look like a, uh, what is it? Someone intelligent here, don't I? I look like a what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Good start, yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, what, what I will say about Lower House, and, and I mean, you can cut and edit this in however you want, but it, it, was, a, it was a club. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have that opportunity to play for, for a club. And it wasn't a group of individuals. It was a club uh, on and off the field. It was a hell of a lot of fun. Um, you know, there was a social aspect to it, but there was also this huge desire to achieve on, on the back of 2004 when you, you guys won the cup. Um, it, was a, it was a group of individuals that were quite driven um, and knew that they had a window of opportunity for success um, and, and they were able to take that. Um, and, you know, I think David Rand, no doubt, has been given the accolades that, that he deserves in terms of putting that together. Um, but there was the, the team that went before and Jeff was part of the team that went before. Um, yeah, they went through a lot of heartache and pain and Finchie sort of touched on it a little bit, but that, that probably built what was for us to, to take over. And I was only there for a short period of time, for sort of five months, and, and you guys were able to build on that and, and go forth. And you look at that moment, 2004, the belief that, okay, we can actually win something into 2005 and then beyond. I mean, the success from that point in time was huge and it's, it was great to watch from afar. Uh, personally, but to be able to in, be involved in that journey in such a you know, small sample size was, was, was fantastic and, and really grateful for the opportunity that Renners gave me at, at the club. Um, not so much to play under you, Gooch, but um, yeah, that's another, another podcast for another time. So what was your first cricketing memory, Stanley? First cricketing memory? Well, Bill Holt, Wednesday nights, uh, Wednesday night training sessions with Bill Holt. And my granddad used to take me to them. And, you know, you go along and, and Bill was like the old-fashioned cricket coach, you know, a pair of khaki pants on, Lancashire sweater. He'd have a, a gang of seven, year, seven and eight-year-olds around him and he'd be trying to tell us how to play cricket. And I, 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 I probably, can't remember fully, but I was like most kids, you know, I'd have my bat and, I'd have my bat and ball and then you'd, you'd have to go and stand in the field. But one, one session, 
that we had with Bill, it'll be with me for the rest of my life. Sort of, it's etched on my brain. You'll never forget it if it happened to you. But Bill had it. I had my bat and ball, and then like most seven or eight year olds, I got a bit. Uh, a bit fed up. Your turn to go on field. It is, it is at that age. It's boring. It's fielding. So I stood at fielding. Started doing a few cartwheels, a bit of toppling, and I stopped rolling up, rolling up and down slope. Obviously, it's slope at on field. And you brought and, and Bill. To be fair to him, he just used to turn a blind eye to these things. You know, he, he, he was too busy showing people how to hold a bat and things like that. And fielders, everyone were at it basically. But then at quarter to eight. Bill used to get everyone to stand round him, and you'd stand in this big circle. Well, Bill had so what have we learnt tonight, kids? And uh, it, it, it'd do a, a forward defensive and, and show you know and talk us through that. And then the kid next to me, this particular night, started sniffing, but like making like a sniffing noise. I was like, "What's he doing?" And then he says to me, "What's that in your ear?" And I rolled <laughs> through biggest pile of dog shit. Obviously, didn't know. <laughs> And this, this dog shit obviously matted in the air. That's what this kid was sniffing. <laughs> now, what, obviously, so it's, it's 100% true. And, and obviously, kids are uh, kids are merciless bastards at the best of times, aren't they? And uh, I, I were known as uh, I were known as shitheads. <laughs> the other kids called me shithead for a good while after that. You know. <laughs> It was just something, something you sort of learned to live with until uh, until, until something happened to some someone else. But it was pretty uh, pretty harsh for a few weeks down there after that happened. Nineteen eighty six. There is a series of runouts in quite a close game. <laughs> it's involving the tea that the Rishton catering and tea room have kindly put together and brought into the dressing room. Can you tell me, Stan, what happened on that day? Well, Scotty was the innocent participant in that, but it wouldn't have happened to a nicer guy. <laughs> I can assure everybody now, we've not got four hours of If you ran, you splattered the back of your trousers with mud. You couldn't stop. It was horrendous. And we're playing at Richter. And I'm batting with Higgy, and I said, right, Higgy, are you agreeable? We're going for everything. And, and, and as you can you can just picture Higgy, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're, going, we're going for everything. Not an ounce of intelligence behind, behind his response, but we're going for everything. He smashes the ball into the middle of the bat into the court. The fielders haven't got a prayer of stopping it. Off I go. I get up three quarters of the way down. Higgy's not moved. No. <laughs> so you can imagine on that wet surface, the turning circle of the QE2, a, a few roadrunner, acme skid marks, and, and run out, trying to turn around by about four yards. I'm absolutely... absolutely Mary anyway, Stan, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, on that surface, on that surface, I probably turn, turn around like Venus. Uh, <laughs> Going to the changing room, I'm absolutely ripping. And in those days, at Richmond, you put your tea in a bag and write your name on it. So I threw his sandwiches out <laughs> at Richmond in a fit of pit. Most unlike me, because not a lot of things ruffle me, but that just completely inutile. Stan. Uh, unfortunately for Chris, Iggy was out the last ball unexpectedly. And he came in. And he just ate Scottish sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Not to keep me, no sandwiches left. 
he said, uh, Stan, he said, uh, guys, he said, anybody see me sandwiches? <laughs> I said, well, last night I looked, Scott, if you stand on that bench and look out through the skylight, they're nestling in that puddle in the carpet. <laughs> and he, he was completely oblivious. He scoffed Scottish sandwich. What did he say? What did he say? That was Iggy. That was Iggy. Absolutely oblivious to anything going on around him. So, as I said, we're going to discuss the uh, 2014 season. This was the first season after uh, Francois' successful tenure as pro. And we were looking to carry on success with a, a new professional in Corbus Pienaar. So, Corbus, you signed the contract, you arrived at the club. What were your um, first impressions? Yeah, it was quite a cold uh, morning arriving at Manchester Airport and the MD around me, Matt Stanley picked me up in his Nissan van and I got in there. And as me chatting away, driving back to Burnley, um, I don't think the, the clouds were higher than the top of, of the, the change room at the time. And uh, we drove into, into Lower House and it was a grim, grim Manchester morning. It was a grim Burnley morning there and I got there. And the first impressions was, uh, was getting to the ground and, and seeing Bob, I think it's Bob Spencer, because he's painting the railings at the club. And, and that was quite special for me to see that the guys are actually so keen for the season to get going. Because if I remember correctly, that Friday was the Easter Friday when we had those games with all the, all the youngsters around the club and we had the four or five different pitches. And it was like, what struck me, early doors was quite a community club and a community-based club, which I really enjoyed. And I could see there's a lot of passion from, from the members of the club to actually be part of the system. You know, you hear all these things and you see these things on social media. But to experience it first and that Friday um, was brilliant for me to actually become part of the Lowell's family. I can remember um, a Jack Hayes, you might have heard it. Jack Hayes, we decided to have a fun day, right? To make money on the Saturday. Well, we'd all been out for, I don't know why, I don't know why, we had to match on the Saturday. So we had, we had the fun day. So he says to me, um, right, I want you to go on the coconut shard. I said, right, right, I'll go on. <laughs> He's laughing over. He says, go on the coconut shard, right, this is what you do. You eat a coconut, you give him, you give him a coconut. So, a bag of coconuts. Anyway, <laughs> I've been on about, I weren't feeling a bit wistful here. This bloke come up. His wife, who looked like a weightlifter, who about six foot three, muscles on muscles, two kids trailing behind him. She was there with handbag, picture the same. So we borrowed this coconut shard off Lucas's. Frank Porter, when he won't commit down there, he borrowed this coconut shard for us. I get so how much? I'm just making this up 50p for three, but something like this, I can't remember. Anyway, he has a go. And they were going at 100 mile an hour, but nowhere near coconuts. Anyway, he's like that. Anyway, he must have had about, he got the money, he must have had four quids with him. And he says, uh, hey, are them stuck on? I said, no, oh, wait, I'm not. So I'm here, Donald's over. Lifts them all up, as you do, one by one, all in up. I'm having one more doing, I'm like praying. And I'm like, will you eat a bloody coconut? Anyway, he manages, I don't know which one, he hit one, so he rushes over, gives him coconut, thanks very much, goes and puts another coconut back up. Anyway, Frank Porter's walking past about 10 minutes later, and he's looking, he says, uh, what, what's happened? I said, 
mean, what's happened? What's it bloody cocking up? Don't bloody give it in. He said, yeah, pillow. They're woodens. <laughs> <laughs> and I give him, seriously, I give him a wooden coconut and put a reel in back off top of uh, thing. Anyway, <laughs> so it, we had a bit of a tamari system. And here's this. I don't know who it were. Has anybody got a wooden coconut? <laughs> to the, uh, I could just imagine him digging his teeth into it. You know, I thought if he comes back, I'm getting clobbered here. You know, the complete true story. And it made the Burnley Express at Christmas, right? Because it, it made it week after, because somebody split on me. And, and it got it Burnley Express. And it ran a quiz at Christmas which player give a wooden coconut on their Sunday? <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. It's true, completely true. And yeah. I mean, I might have to swear. Jack says, uh, what we're having on, what what we're doing. Anyway, it got all this organised. It was going really, really well. And they got a, they booked, a, uh, they got a, a fortune teller just to make a, you know, we were on 50%, whatever she thought, we got 50%. So this fortune teller, fortune teller gets there. Anyway. She just started, and another fortune teller turned up, right? So Jack A says to her, what, what, uh, what, what's going on here? She says, uh, why are you here? She said, well, I should have said, look, if you're any fucking good, you'd have known she were coming. So, <laughs> so you can go. <laughs> Well, so just throwing it forward, last, obviously last episode we did quite a bit on the 2002 semi-final. Uh, so we get to another final in 2004. Um, I'll let you talk about the game as a whole, but obviously first half didn't go so well for us. But it definitely did feel different at half-time in 2004 than it did 2002. I'm not saying we were confident, because we obviously weren't, but it didn't feel as much of a lost cause in 2004 as what it did in 2002. Would you agree with that? Massively, massively. I think we, no, you're right, Joe, we weren't confident. There was certainly no confidence or arrogance in the dressing room. We, we tried to be positive, didn't we? But there was certainly no thinking this is a strong part because you're chasing 300, it isn't. But I think the, the, the bit more of the posit- positivity from t- in 2004 had come from the back of, they should have got 370. Mm. Yeah. And they probably would have done if the little spinner didn't get, uh, say again. Yeah, I was just going to say that, Matt. If you if you remember, Peterson was smashing us everywhere, and it yeah. did look like this is going to be, you know, a record score. We're not going to get near it. And for some, I'm just got. I mean, I've got the scorecard in front of me. For some reason, we got it back. There was Andy Barker got stumped, and obviously, a, a fantastic off spinner, Joe Benedictio, caught and bowled Peterson uh, for a mere 148, and we clawed it back. I remember we did massively. Yeah, I remember that. And you, all of a sudden, you go, you're going into the dressing room and you're thinking, hang on, this is on now. It's, it's still 310, but it's on, is this? Yeah. I, and I remember, and I'm sure you will as well, Joe, you'd got Peterson out. All right, your figures don't look fantastic, but you got Peterson out. But again, it was the old, it was the old thing. You got him out, then two out at next three balls or something like that. Rob Green hit you into part, didn't it? It last, The last over hit me for 21. Did it? Is that what it were? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I didn't yeah. remember that. Is that what happened? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I didn't know, his, but I, I remember it, uh, looking at it, he got 24 of that, that uh, Rob Green yeah. and you were coming. 
Yeah, but I mean, uh, it's that classic thing as a captain. I mean, I probably I probably got a wicket in the second to last over, so you left me on for yeah. the last over. But look at the bowling figures again. Fultz only bowled seven. Jez only bowled five. Finchy only bowled two. <laughs> if I, you know, yeah. I were only bowling because everybody else had gone the distance, weren't I? That, that was the thing. And I'd, only because I got a wicket fairly late on, you left me on. But obviously, yeah. in hindsight, it might have been better just to say, well done, get your coat, get your, get your jumper off your pop. Well, it's easy, it, easy I, to look back 15 years yeah, later. Yeah. I don't think you, that weren't the last over the game. You don't think it were? No, no, it weren't. Must have been, it it must have been. Were, Rob Green were, got 24 and out. I think it were. Yeah. Anyway, it might I, rather I, the last or or near, no, very no. very near the end. Because I, I I thought we'd uh, I thought we got Pete and I a bit earlier than that. We might have. Uh, it might have been Barker. It might have been Andy Barker that was a later wicket. Could have been. Could have been. Mm. But you look. But you look at that again, and you look. But I can't answer it because I bet I bet if you went to every season I was captain, and it's no disrespect to it's just the same bowler, two for sixty off ten. Mm. Jez, one for thirty-three. Fultz, one for forty-two. That's probably one of that's probably bowling spell of my own. I remember more than anything that 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 was best of ball for a long time. But then just looking at that, and just but anyhow. So, yeah, but so I, I think the big thing were at church. Um, Mark Higgs just took us apart, and they carried on. The amateurs carried on and carried on and carried on. Where I think we slowed, we stemmed them down a bit. So although we, we didn't go in. As favourites or confident, we went in at a stamps our better frame of mind than yeah, we did in 2002. Yeah. Yeah. And we were a better, significantly better side as well, probably weren't we in 2004. Our league position at the end of the season tells that story. Yeah, massively. Massively. Yeah. Um, and again, Finch at the top three, top five, if you look, if you look at it. Um, but 30 odd and two, two 30s from Finch and Fultz, then both getting out fairly closely together, if I remember rightly. Um, yeah. In 20 odd runs of each other, I'm thinking, oh, Jesus. Um, we could have done one, one of them staying in. Um, but but obviously, then the rest is, is this with, with the way Blaise and Charlie batted. And I, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I, I did study this scorecard quite, quite a lot in the, the early times after that. And I don't, there was something like, 90% of balls in a 20 over spell between overs 20 and 40, they scored off them. And it, whether it was 1s and 2s, obviously, Blaise was considered with a lot younger there. Charlie's always been fit as a fiddle and they just ran him to death. Yeah. Um, but again, I just think that I think if that had been 2002 or earlier, when Blaise and Charlie got out, we'd have got beat. Yeah, Matt, I agree 100%. And that this is where I want to come on and put you on the spot a little bit. Um, you look there, Blaise, 91 balls for 107. Okay. Yeah, all right. He's got 40, um, 80 odd in, in boundaries. But they, they, run, they run the socks off him. Yeah. And then you look at that same lad, Green. I can't even remember who he is. Ben Ball's got 21 off. I don't know how many balls. Uh, you come in, you get out for three. Can you remember that? What happened there? Yeah. I think what he's asking you, why you were batting above me, I think that's what he's asking you in a roundabout way. <laughs> I think if you look, 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 look at one at games in season, Joy Ormond, and that's why I should have batted. But anyway, <laughs> if, I, if, if I'd have hit it, it'd have landed on Spark Spark Harper. Uh, but I didn't hit it. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, and then Joe, it was just one of them. I think but both me and Joe were predominantly hit straight. My, my mouth was a little bit more leg-sided than Joe's. And I just went went in. I, I think I went in and I just thought I, I was going to try and put, put two or three apart. Ben Bo had done something similar, but back a little bit sensibly. He got out in exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, and I'd just gone in and, and just tried to put two or three apart and just just, just put get it get it over line. And yeah. missed it. Right. And Joan and Benny came in and did exactly yeah. what what we needed. But we, whether whether that they've been Joe or Ben, obviously two Joe quite experienced then, Ben only a kid. Lowhouse, if you will, fought the like in the blood. We we, we wouldn't have won that three or four years ago. No, no. No chance. If we what were we there? 263 for six, 283 for seven. Yeah. The semi-final, they did another 30. Yeah. We'd have been 290 all out. Yeah. And when you look at that, you're right, Matt. 252 two for five, and Charlie's gone, Blazer's gone. You know, Bembo has probably gone then. I think you would have been out at that stage. You know, you'd have thrown your back right across the ground, probably broke a couple of windows as you came in. Um, and then Joe and, and Ben have to go and pick up the pieces. It, I do. You know, that's where, you know, and I'm not taking anything away from Blaise or, or, or Charlie in this game and in the final, which we'll come on to. But there is other little points within the game that sway things. Yeah, there's the superstars and yeah, there's, there's things that happen. But there's little bits of things that, you know, Ben's run out uh, of Knowles in the final. Mm. and yeah. Little things that change games, which, yeah, you can train all you want. You can call it luck. <clears throat> or you can call it that, um, that habit. You know, like you just said, you know, two and two and probably for a million years before then, um, it could have been, you know, oh, unlucky Laura, things didn't go right. You know, it's it great effort. Be, yeah, great effort. Well played. Never mind. Let's have a pint and you can all go on. I want to talk about uh, a peanut allergy gate. <laughs> <laughs> well, so this know. was a game early 2013. I think it was in the interleague or Lanks knockout. And you missed the majority of the game, or you missed a, a large portion of the game. For what? Tell us. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! That's a cashew, that bl- uh, Jez. Yeah. So it weren't peanut, guys. It weren't peanut. It was cashew. Yeah, it was an allergy I weren't aware of, actually. So uh, Saturday morning. Saturday morning. Um, I've been out. I've been out actually at a, a birthday party in, at Laura's Creek Club's clubhouse that night before. But I've driven home. I have driven. I didn't drink that night. I, didn't, I don't really drink anyway. But uh, that, that that bit of that bit of the story comes into it later on. Rocked up. Me and my dad have this tradition where we'd rock up to the net about half ten. I'd meet him. We'd hit a few bags, a few bags of balls before heading off to the to the to the game. Now I've I've finished doing my uh, sorry before I've before I've started doing the the nets. I've got to the Next, before him on this particular occasion, or we might have been talking to the groundsman down in the corner. He usually used to do that. Um, I've gone to see Sean. Sean used to clean the clubhouse um, back then. I've gone to see him. He said, "Oh, Johnny, try these. You know, brand new. Made it well good." I said, "Oh, what are they?" He went, uh, "Naked bar, they called, and they literally spelled N-A-K-D on this bar. They're like a breakfast bar." He goes, "Hey, look at this chocolate orange flavour, mate." I went, "Oh, I'll give it a try. I mean, I like chocolate, love orange mixture. Terry's love it. Let's give it a go." As one bite, I shit you not, it was disgusting. It was disgusting. It tasted like piss, right? Next thing you know, my mouth 
it be, my mouth just begins to water like I'm honestly like a waterfall and then instantly it just dried up it dried up all of a sudden my I've had my tonsils out right but you know the, the big thick dangly bit at the back that was that swollen it was sat on my tongue right I like it I like it you know I am I am projectile vomiting projectile vomiting all over the place what does my dad do? Comes over to the clubhouse 10 minutes later, I'm there, all but step, giving it all this. You're fucking rough, aren't you? <laughs> no, 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 I didn't drink my heart. You're fucking rough, aren't you? You, you? you had a drink last night, didn't you? And, you know, drinking and getting hungover and getting pissed out for a game, you know, then was just a no-no. That, that, that calls for a bollocking from Father Mark. So, at this time, I've, I've not got him on my side. You know, he's watching his son die in front of him. We get to the net, goes behind, I'm padded up. Oh, I'm hitting these balls. <laughs> I can't see out, Joe. I'm, my eyes are watering. You're struggling, aren't you? No, I can't talk. This is getting worse. <laughs> By this point, I can't talk. Tinker is, is messing around with his, with his little lad in the net. So he comes over. He's like, hey, look at him. Tinker grabs me face. He grabs me face. He goes, Mark. He says, I'm not being funny, mate. You're going to have to take him to, to hospital. Next thing you know, all I remember is being... Past his seat, like, oh, oh, oh. I get to A and E. Get to A and E. I get seen to ASAP. They give, they give me this medication. Three minutes later, I'm outside puking that up. Next thing, you know, I wake up on a drip on this hospital bed, just like. Oh. What does my dad do? He fits the place on. Takes me to Tottington. I get padded up and goes out and back. Finish not out with Jack Kenga about twelve and about. I was, I was green, I was green for, for rest of the weekend. And then he, you know what he says to me, you know what he says to me, he has the, he has the audacity to say at the end of the game, ooh, I think I should have played, should, should have played really early, should have. <laughs> should have not, Dad, cheers for that, cheers for that, mate. Yeah, I, only look, I only look like Wicked Witch off Wizard of Oz. You played with Jez and Stan for the police as well, didn't you? Oh, I did. Now, one of my favourite stories, which I don't think has been told on the podcast, is when you went to Scotland. Oh, yes. Uh, as you know, uh, I am very poor with money. Answer, Jeremy. <laughs> well, it, it doesn't matter, Shez. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, you, you always pay us back somehow. Jeremy used to look after me with money. But one trip to Scotland, him and Stan decided that they weren't going to look after me. I'm Scotty, and Neil Gregson are only friends. So off we went to Scotland. And uh, I had to run into Preston, making the bus late. And I got back on the bus, I had 93 pence on me. <laughs> 93 pence. I remember it distinctly thinking, I'm going to be really hungry tomorrow. <laughs> <time." laughs> and Thursday. <laughs> no, 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 no. I could always have a wee jazz, isn't it? Anyway, Stan took the piss out of me all the way to Scotland. We got to Wyan Bridge and he was throwing pieces of cress at me. At me. I knew that he'd look after me. <laughs> I knew that he'd look after me. He, he always would look after me. There was no way he'd have... He, he stands my lifelong friend, remember. But I, in those days, I was 26. I was annoyed and whatever and blah, blah, blah. So I'm sat with Jez and we get to, uh, we get to Scotland... Uh, we, we all, we all, we, we all get in the hotel, and the bosses say to us, uh, uh, "Right, we're going playing golf. You lot, 
but uh, sort yourselves out. We've got a really important game tomorrow. Uh, make sure that you're all right for the game in the morning. Yeah, 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 no problem, no problem, no problem. So I walk up to this woman behind the she says, whatever you do, turn her go down the hell. <laughs> turn her go down the hell. You're down the hell, you did. <laughs> so we, we all look around each other as we're going out fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> and off we went down the hell into, <laughs> into Glasgow, and I've stood outside this place at 25 past 11 uh, with Jezzo saying, do you think you want sauce on your fish and chips, Jazzy? You're just going to have salt and vinegar. I th- he said, uh, what, what they said, he said, do you want sauce? We have fashion chaps. I said, we're having sauce. <laughs> we walk back up to up the hell. Have we been doing the hell? <laughs> Wake up in the morning. Opie says, Chess, I'm pissed. I said, yeah, so am I. We get up, walk downstairs. Ken Ashburn's there looking like a Freemason. Uh, what have you been? Uh, look, no problem with me, Ken. We go to the ground, we look at Wicket, and it's like looking at Greenhill snooker table. Stan, by the way, gobshite, all the way from Lancashire, by the way, I've got lost in Preston, waiting for two hours, all the way to Scotland, took piss out at umpire Brian Upwood. Brian Upwood was a right good lad, but he had the world's thinnest pads. If he'd been hit with a tennis ball, it would have broken his leg. And he used to hit his pads every time he got out for a duck. He once scored six points at Sableford. That's good, isn't it? <laughs> That's <is> good. <laughs> anyway, he took piss out of, out of Hoppy, all the way up to Scotland. Hippity hoppity. You told us that joke, didn't you? That you could never get the end to because you shit at telling jokes, aren't you, Brian? Yeah, because you're not funny. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> We go out on this green top, second ball, it's in right in front. <laughs> How is he standing? You fucking outstand off you go. <laughs> <laughs> Walks past him, holding his back, 500 balls, 300 quid, 100 quid he lent me. Uh, away we go. I'm pretty sure it was a rain, a rain affected game at Enfield. And Stan brought the, the in one of Stan's stories uh, clips already, he's already told this the joke about the single brown hair. Um, ad uh, in the Lonely Hearts column, where I'm pretty sure it was the same um, thing. And, and Chris liked doing crosswords. So he's got his Sunday paper <laughs> and, doing, uh, and doing crosswords in the corner. And, and, and Stan kept saying, Well, give us a clue. Come on, we're bored. Come on, give us, a, give us, a, give us one, we can, <laughs> one you can't get and all this. And he were whining, Scott. He said, No, I'm, I'm just doing my crossword. Leave me alone, Stan. And he wouldn't, Stan wouldn't let it go and let it go. And uh, and eventually, Chris gives in. He says, all right, then. All right, then, Stan. He said, uh, I'll give you a clue. I can't get with this one. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. So you might be able to help me out. Um, eight down, horseman's sack. So all dressing in a lot. Think of it. And, and, and sure enough, Stan, straight away, well, how many letters, Scotty? <laughs> Fucking millions, Stan. <laughs> Fucking millions. <laughs> Tables went over, kitchen <laughs> line and right room. It, it were unbelievable. The, uh, one of my questions that I had that I had written down was a really nice day. I can remember there being a really good wicket, and we bowled first. <laughs> we bowled first, uh, as we did in the final. And I can remember people thinking um, or people wondering why we'd, you know, after we'd conceded three hundred, why we'd bowl first. I don't know if. Um, if that was in, part of the game in the plan. final, in the, in the final, why? Because 
Well, we we won the toss and field of both both games. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. Predominantly, but two reasons. One, they're professional. Who we we'd had Mustaberg pro. We'd played against him a couple of times, and he was one of them pros that I always thought when I played against him. No matter how many you get, he'll set his stall out to get them. Mm. If he's got a, yeah. if he's got to set your total, different he has to story. do something different. Yeah, uh, I haven't played against Peterson that much. I can't really remember why I stuck them in, but that was my my thought process. I never I never remember that. Rick Rothwell as his chairman. Mark Rothwell, yeah. Mark Rothwell walking around ground, ten man with two rolls of carpet under his arm, saying, "That's it. The stuckers in. Game over. Never sticks to one in the cup final." But I. I feel when I was lifting cup, I couldn't find him. I didn't know where he'd gone. Just on captaincy, I, I just want to ask you a quick, uh, or make a point about captaincy in the cup final. I mean, we're all captain sides. You're making decisions even before the game starts. You're making 100 decisions a, a, a game. Most of them are quite insignificant, you know, whether you're having your third man up or back or whatever. You know, there's very, it's very rare you can look at a game and pinpoint the outcome of it on a captaincy decision. But in this game, your decision to bring Ben on possibly won as the match. Would you agree yeah. with that? Um, I mean, obviously, there are a lot of other things that go with well, it. Well, but again, well, well, like the semi-final, we would have been chasing a hell of a lot more had Ben not been introduced when he was and turned the game with the run out and then the wickets thereafter. Yeah, I, 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 I can remember it. Um, I remember Jez fielding at mid-on or mid-off and our shouts, Ben, park end next over. And Jez actually said to me, what the f*** are you doing? Mm. And I just... Barry Knowles were in, Dearden were in, and anything... That they were they were just in through the line. It was a good track. It was short end to park. They were just hitting through the line, and I just thought, like, I'm I'm just gonna try someone that, that they might not have seen. And if it have, it, it might have one have been two overs, might have all backfired. Uh, but at that stage, I think we were going for seven or eight and over. Whoever were bowling, mm. uh, it could have backfired and it could have gone for ten or fifteen and over. I just but I just thought, I'm just gonna try someone that they haven't seen. Um, because he didn't bowl in the semi-final. He played no, and didn't he, bowl in the semi-final. No, he, he didn't bowl a lot that year, to be fair. No. Um, no, I, it was just, I don't know, it was just something. I don't I, I don't know. It just, a hunch, just a thought. But I, I was thinking, I need to do something. I need to do something different here. We've got our five or six bowlers. It wasn't an end to bring, Benbo couldn't, couldn't bowl at that end to them two. You couldn't have bowled at them, them two, Joe the way they were batting, the way they were hitting it. Mm. And I just thought something a little bit different. Jez had got the pro out bowling from Pavilion End, Fultz a bowl from Pavilion End. I think I come on come on after Sid. Um, and I, I, I didn't go around the park, but I remember um, I, think, I think they got probably got a boundary and over for, for two or three overs. And, and I just, my only thought on what on it was, I, I just I need to do something different. I've just got to try something different that they might not have seen. Um, and you um, know what, Matt? Matt, we've just you yeah. know, people talk about inspired captaincy and you know the the things that change. I remember, I remember it. You remember you saying to me, 
my biggest concern then was you can't bowl in from Parkend. But that is what had been ingrained into me right from yeah. the Bromley's days. You know, Stan will confirm that you know, if, if Roger went anywhere near the Parkend, he used to come out in cold sweats. Yeah. Pros would never bowl from the Parkend. Certainly, you know, certainly mediocre pros or pros that didn't want to, um, you know, be part of the team. So I had that ingrained in me thinking, Matt, what are you doing here? This, yeah, you know, I had some overs left then. I bowled three spells. You know, you look at Sid, he's only bowled three overs. He's been our main amateur bowler all season. And yet, and this is me thinking at the time, our captain's not going to bring him on when there's a bit of pressure on him, bring this young lad on at the, the really, you know, the difficult end to bowl at. But, you know, inspired captains say, and it's like we've said before, you know, it, it's... What, does, what did Stan used to call it? Jules de Creek, that haunted our cricket ground. Uh, well, all of a sudden, I think that one one move might have just um, buried that, uh, you know, that old uh, old adage that we were, you know, we were doomed all the time. And that mm-hmm. mark that Ben tipped the ball onto the stumps, which ran, um, it was Barry, oh, you know, yeah. Barry Knowles out, that's when it turned the tide. In fact... I think that's like, you know, I've only just thought about it now. That's what it did. Because I didn't I didn't agree with you. No, no, I I, I know that. And and I'd never been in, in that position obviously in a final before. Uh it was something else. And it's it, you're right, Jesse, about the whatever Gilles de Creek. What uh, what's he putting up now? Um He's asking you to tell you tells you who got their pro out and how. I will do yeah, I will do. I will do. Yeah. Um it, 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 you know when they say it's all cursed and we're never gonna win anything, there's there must have been some horrible person buried a load of monks under the ground and all this that Stan used to come out with. But it was even better, looking back at it now, wasn't it? The, the actual wicket, it weren't a great leg cutter or a yorker or a slower ball. I think the ball would have gone for four. Yeah. If he hadn't yeah. caught his finger on it and knocked it onto stumps. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And, and that, things like that do just, just change the momentum, don't they? Yeah, it changed the whole game. Hmm. Talking, yeah, it was uh, it was Jez who got the got the pride, believe it or not. Stan caught, caught Charlie Cotton in his groin area, in his knees, yeah, definitely. In his knees. Yeah. When he nicked that, that seemed to go in slow motion. I don't remember that, Joe Martin. It were a great ball of Jez. It just left him left hander. He nicked it, and it went in slow motion. He's like, we've got him. He's, he's only got 10, 15. We've got him. Yeah. We've got him. And then Charlie catches it with both feet off his ground. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> and like, oh, is it? you know, it like, like he caught a beach ball. And everybody just jumped over there. Charlie's got both. And it was just, uh, it was just proper slow motion of, of how we'd done it. And that he would just, how we caught it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. And again, you know, Stan's mentioned earlier, you know, self praise is no praise, but it, you know, it was a fantastic little cutter. It was. It, it landed. <laughs> 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 what, what I will say though is I don't know if anyone else has you will have seen the research and done the research for for how long have you seen my figures for that season? Yeah, yeah, I've got them here. Go on, John. Um, Jez bowled batting first. Batting, um, Jez, you um, got uh, eight. four runs, eight, eight innings. Average of good average of half. Three not eight, so it's an average of one point seven five. Average of one point seven five. Fair enough. Um, and then bowling, um, 
109.5 overs, 12 wickets at 43.6. You used to bowl them back end of April, Jez. We, we, we injured. No, you didn't bowl me, you toss pot. One of the things that I think from that to of that was Jez's um, last year. Um, yeah. I have another stat for Jez, which was who his last ever wicket was for uh, in the first team at Lawhouse. Um, he can have a think about that if he wants. But um, in Does lots of pro afterwards. No. No. His last amateur wicket. Yeah. Um, but in the seasons previous to that, Jez, I've, I've commented it on before, the sheer amount of overs that you bowled for the, for the cricket club. And then in 2004, your last year, you must not have been able to walk on, when, you, when you went to work on a Monday. Just, be, you know, it must have been incredible. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's why I walk like a walk now, but no regrets, Joe, no regrets. It's all for a good cause. <laughs> Come on, Joe, put us out as misery with his last wicket. His last wicket was Phil Sykes. Um, oh, right. Yeah. Uh, seven, Court Blaise. Joe Benaducci in the league in 2004, you took one wicket. All right, good. Do you know, do you know who it was? No. Sean Lemon, all Colton right. Bold. Sean Lemon, good player. Bold. Yeah, good player. That's what I thought when I saw it. Yeah, I've written a lot of stats down, but um, let's talk. Should we talk about the batting innings of uh, 2000 of the cup final? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, again, we went in at we went in at, at the interval, not confident. I think we've done a good job. 231, I think, was probably a touch below par. Good track, nice day, and that top five, six, or seven that we had. Fairly confident. One of them had to go on and, and, and get a good one. We lost Finchie and Vishal early doors. Oh, it's a bit of a bit of a worry. Um, Fultz come in and played like Fultz does. Always seem to get out to the most incon- innocuous bowler. You know what I mean? Um, and then, Bison Charlie. I think that that's probably the probably the best part of it. it better than better than the um, semi final. It was, again, if you look at that one, they even less, they're less boundaries, eleven fours apiece and one six, and they did exactly the same as they did in semi final. Again, I think there were twenty five overs in middle middle of the innings. Yeah. Well, Aslandon probably thought they were on top, but they were scoring five and six and over. Mm. Yeah. You know, I mean, must must have gone none for forty. Yeah. yeah. Of ten, and they were a great bowler. Um. And they just, I, 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 I can't remember, I'm sure I looked how many times they hit him for boundary. Blazer makes it were one or two in the 10 overs. But they but they just, just one, two, obviously Charlie were like, bloody whip it, weren't they? Um, still is. And Blaise were, how many years ago? 16 years ago. So he was, he would have been 60 then, wasn't he? So he, he was a lot younger. <laughs> um, and he's, 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 he's always been a, a fit lad, hasn't he? So, but that, no, that, that that was that was just great, and the good thing about that, not the good thing for Charlie, because it'd have been great for them two to both walk out not out. When he was out, I wasn't anywhere near as concerned as I was when them two were, were out in semi final. Um, and to answer your question, Jez, you put I think it's either on email or on WhatsApp. You're looking at there that Blaise and then Ben went in and battled with Jez, and it's got me down as next to bat. As not sure I weren't going in next. <laughs> Well, there's, also, there's also not with you. You didn't get me to get my pads on. <laughs> no, no, 
kittens in changing room. I mean, it oh, was only absolutely. a very short spell of time, but I were padded up and I, were, I remember never having felt fear like that. Absolutely. And we only needed single figures. But I just thought, if I have to go in now, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to hold back. <laughs> I'm exactly the same. And I and I, and I, I didn't have my pads on. Because it was pitch black as well by that stage. It wasn't well, it pitch black and it was dark. Joe, yeah, if, we, you think, if you think there, you know, it was it was um, an extraordinary hot afternoon, clearly going to be some sort of storms at some stage. The forecast kept changing as to when they were going to come, when they weren't going to come. Um, and I think as he realised that they'd slipped up, as you said, Mark, with letting Charlie and, uh, and Blaise get the four, five, six and over without, without really pushing the score along, and then the clouds sort of rolled over, but it wasn't that cloudy. But you could tell it was going to rain, and Deer had started bowling bouncers. Yeah, you remember that man? He was just yeah. bowling, and the umpires were telling him you can't do that. But he continued to bowl them, and Blez, I think twice he did it. He just like uppercut it, um, yeah. where he he uppercut it, and it went. I think one went for six, and one went for four into the park. And then we actually came off for rain, um, and we're all like putting the covers on, but I don't think it was as hard as we expected it to be. Or certainly for any length of time. Yeah, yeah, but it's got pitch black, it's more difficult. And again, I don't know if that Jules de Creek were kicking in, we're thinking, oh, this is all against us. But, you know, Haslinden, a little bit more professional than us, it's a wet ball. They weren't up for it when they came back. You know, they weren't I, I remember twice, I can't remember who it was. I think it, I think it was Barry Knowles. We're fielding at long on in front of dressing rooms. Yeah. And two straight fours got it. Yeah. And as the ball had hit the boundary or or the, the sight screen, he starts running all the way, trying to think he can't see it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I remember, and, and good on them, because it, I wouldn't put them down as, as the two strong umpires, but the two umpires were really strong that day. Wait, Rutter. Rutter and that Alan, Alan that Fenwick. Fenwick. And they were really strong, like, like, said, like, like um, they said about Dearden. Because uh, Aslindon, when we come off for rain, I know it didn't rain for long or for very heavy, but they were coming back now after. Yeah, that's what they were after. Like a shadow of a day, that's all they wanted. Are they here to spoil our party? Yeah. Because it was still massively in our favour at that time, but obviously Blaise and Charlie had to start again. It had been a different thing. There had been no hardly any crowd on. Uh, but all credit to the umpires to go straight back out. Um, obviously finished the game that night. It's probably a good job they did. I remember having a conversation. It's probably a good job they did go back out that night because I don't think I'd have been there to pick a couple. No. <laughs> so I think I'd, I'd have probably, there'd probably been a police car coming through because one of them umpires would have... Yeah, cause <laughs> I remember it, they just said, no, no, we're going back out. It's fake. Come on, we're playing it for 10 overs. We're going back out. Good. So, um, I watched the... Um, I watched the video of it last night um, as my final <laughs> bit of of research on it um and during this lockdown actually i've watched quite a lot of the law house videos of when we've won stuff just to try and jog my memory but i watched that one last night um as blaze sort of rocked back and hit that last boundary what what were your immediate what were your immediate thoughts and that because i can i can remember mine um running onto the running onto the ground but what we what were you thinking at the time I don't know. I also don't know. It was probably about 15, 10, 15 minutes after when it started to sink in and, and hit home. Um, I think relief 
probably when it's that winning run. Avea don't have to go put my pads on. <laughs> probably. And I can't believe what we've just done. Yeah. As much as anything. And then when it when it calmed down and we're in the dressing room and uh outside with the drinks and champagne and families and stuff like that, that's when it um that's when it hit all. But I think it was more I, I can't believe what's just happened. <laughs> I mean, it, it, obviously, elation and stuff like that. But it, but majority of it was like, oh my god, what 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 we just done? Uh, I felt as though I, I I owed the club, I owed the supporters when I left early, and I I just hated you know leaving because I just I, when I walked in, Renner's my god, Dave Ren, you know, for 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 me was obviously there's a lot of people, a lot a lot of people uh, uh, contribute to the to the club, but Renner's for me. I heard, as I said, I heard I heard Dooch saying last night, you know, it was it was it was unplanned. But I felt as though he Renners, I should say, he 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 found someone that was going to be at the time contributing to the club ultimately, but the team, and he got those right people in. And you, the guys you speak about, myself and 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 um, Maka Moddy, who you know I used to sit next to at work, and Van Yarsen, all these guys that did well at the club, and he's obviously invested. He he, he did a lot of. In, Investigating with these sort of the guys um, that he got in, you know, it's funny. Like 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 you say, Jez, he he he's, uh, he sort of dismissed it a bit last night, Dooch. But you know, Macca was right. Where the way you see it, the way we saw it, the way he saw it, when I heard, when the way Macca saw it, and the way I understood it was that not not the yes, it's amateur cricket, but yes, also also look about it was also it was almost like Renners and the people around Renners and the people in the club were were were, were building a club because the people that were there yeah, that would all you know would do certain roles and, and that was the way that was the way you build success and from from an outsider now that was the way you know we won flags or well, we won we we at Lower House that we won flags and 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 the the feeling in the club that was the thing that the the the, the, uh, the passion to play for the club was was there and that was why. I, I had to come back after 2003 to, to try and do that. I wanted 2005. I was supposed to come back, and that was the year we won it. <laughs> and I was filthy when we when I wasn't there, obviously. But I came back the year after. But um, yeah, it, it was it, it was a club that um, well, it is a club that you know. I, if I could if I could tomorrow, I'd come and play back. I'd come and play this season. I'd love to be back there. Send more house to save the house.